Hi everyone, welcome to Ope, a podcast, episode 47, season 3 or 4. I lost track how many seasons we're at, boys, but we are back for another season for 2022. Um, the first game for the Gophers is upon us this Thursday, August the 1st. Uh, today, no, September 1st. August 1st. My oh, bad. <laughs> uh, today is August 28th. Uh, we're recording a Sunday before the first game. Uh, but welcome, welcome everyone back. Uh, today is going to be... Uh, me, uh, Jason, along with Griffin and Laurent, say hi, you two. Hello, howdy, howdy. And uh, this is a quick update uh, of where we're at because again, we took a hiatus from last year. So um, I'm currently in the staffing world as my main job, uh, working mostly remote, uh, and my office is downtown. And segue that, I actually see Griffin sometimes downtown because he is back in Minneapolis. That is very true. I in uh, late. June um, started my job with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx in their box office. So I am back in Minneapolis, Eden Prairie specifically. So um, more of a hybrid schedule for now, but during the wolf season, I will be downtown five days a week nice. plus games. So, and, uh, as for me, um, I begun my villain origin story. Oh no. <laughs> At the University of Wisconsin Law School. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you, you know, Minnesota, if you want to come back at your boy with a full ride, you can do something, but until then. <laughs> all righty, all righty. All right. Uh, so, we got, um, so Soup, uh, who you guys met last time, Eli, is going to be a more recurring member to the podcast moving forward. He's out sick today. And then Wyatt is out with dinner plans with his current wife. So wish them a uh, happy dinner. Uh, Why do you say it like that? I don't know, man. His current wife. Like, what? Are you going to get an Android updated? No, no, no. I, I don't know why I said that. But um, going from there, so let's, boys, let's preview game one against the New Mexico State Aggies. Um, just a quick preview of our opponent. Uh, this upcoming Thursday, uh, it's going to be at home at Huntington Bank Stadium, uh, our our home opener for the season. The Aggies are currently 0-1 for the season. They lost at home to the Nevada Wolfpack, 23-12. to um, Obviously, the big headline is they're coached by uh, former Minnesota head coach Jerry Kill, um, who, uh, as we'll get into a bit later, has uh, still... Uh, lingering animosity towards PJ and the University of Minnesota, obviously. Uh, to go on from there, I'll do some quick stuff. So during that loss, uh, their first quarterback, I believe, is uh, Diego Pavia. Um, had three interceptions and then uh, two other turnovers of the fumble or dropping the ball or something like that. And then, uh, then he got replaced at the second half with Gavin Frakes, uh, who also had an inter interception but also had a touchdown. Um, and it was more productive. So in general, both quarterbacks uh, and their entire team had was 18 to 34, 218 yards with four picks and one tutty. Um, their rushing game, like Jerry Kill's uh, offense back when he used to be in Minnesota, very run heavy, but they're only able to average 3.4 yards a carry out of um, 25 carries for 85 yards. Uh, receiving was 18 uh, receptions for 218 yards. And then their defense was um, all right, more or less. And uh, 
I'm sorry why I didn't look into their oh here their, here's their kicking. Uh, they're one and two in field goals, one and one in extra points, and they only had uh, two punts. Long of 46. That's for Wyatt because he loves his specialist. Um, but that's pretty much it for the Aggies. Is there anything I'm missing here, boys? Ah, uh, well. Can Country Jer lead them to respectability? I mean, I think that's that's the big thing with New Mexico State. Uh, <laughs> no, Lorenzo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because if you I... want to talk one of the worst FBS football programs in history, they are definitely in the discussion. I mean... Their last head coach I... had, like, one winning season in nine years. But, I mean... I'm, I'm in a very odd space where it's, like, I feel like 2015 version of Lorenz would be very much so rooting for Jerry Keel. In 2022, <laughs> wants him to be perpetually stuck at five and seven in perpetuity. Just so close, but never getting there. Like Scott Frost. <laughs> Though apparently I overestimated them and they, they only went three and nine last year. So. Now, bringing up Nebraska, uh, I think uh, one of their, God, was it? I think it's Isaiah Garcia. Uh, Castaneda. Yeah, he, he was a transfer for New, New Mexico State, wasn't he? He was, and uh, he was the only thing on that Nebraska team that I was like, well, that's scary. I think he got like, had like four catches for 130 yards, to which I'm like, is ain't nobody going to guard him? Nobody? Nobody going to guard him? Okay. Cool. Pat Fitzgerald was tempted as a linebacker to run out and just cover him one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> just like, somebody need to cover him because no one is. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, New Mexico State is bad, um, and this shouldn't be a game. This should be an execution. And I yeah, do want to go into the stats because uh, here is from ESPN. Um, their FPI uh, has the Gophers winning by 98.4%. Oh, I thought you meant 98 points. I'm like, huh? <laughs> no, the FBI. So their FBI is heavily favoring the Gophers. Um, as for the, uh, the, bet the betting odds, so the spread is minus 36 for the Gophers. Uh, Over-under is 55 Here's some other stats from New Mexico last year. Since we're talking about stats, they were 127th in total defense. Oh! <laughs> 480, 485 yards per game with an average of over seven yards per play. Oh, no! Yikes. So, that, so that's total defense. They were 112th against the rush and 120, oh, no. 128th against the pass. But this is a violation. On their offense. Um, last year, their sack leader only had six sacks, and no other player had more than three. <laughs> you know? Uh, but what I think is interesting this year is 
Um, their defense under Doug Martin at New Mexico State was a 3-4 defense. That was their base defense. This year, they are moving to a 4-2-5 defense. So they'll have four, four down linemen, two linebackers, generally inside linebackers, and then five DBs. Um, oh, so they're going nickel. I, yeah, like one of those nickel linebacker hybrid things. Yeah. Which I think is going to be the most beneficial for guarding Minnesota. But obviously, with the talent of their players versus the talent of our players, it'll still be a blowout. Yeah. Do you think, what if they switch their entire defense just so they could be respectable against the Minnesota? It's possible. I mean, you know, I, you know, when I look at this game, I wonder to myself because we know we know how Kirk Sharaki is, and the out of conference we're gonna inside zone them forty times a game, occasional slant passes. Maybe we'll get sexy and do one little out route to a tight end. So Rutgers. You know, I just wonder for PJ Fleck, who has largely taken the high road um, in this entire thing. For example, I saw that Vandy won 63 to 10 yesterday 63 to 10 and i'm just wondering <laughs> i'm just wondering maybe maybe pj fleck really wants some like good reps for Ethan, you know and maybe we keep doing it maybe 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 when 63 to 3? I don't know. Maybe something like that. I'm not going to say this possibility. You know what I'm saying? Because I will mention, um, we are returning a good amount of veteran presence on the offense. So let's start off. Quarterback, Tanner Morgan's who's also taking his last year of eligibility with us. Running back, Mohamed Ibrahim, also coming back for his last sixth year of eligibility. Um, tight end, Brevin Spanford is still there. Uh, receivers, uh, Chris Obman-Bell, Dalen Wright, Daniel Jackson, and then maybe m- many other guys behind them because uh, not all three of them started together. Last year, they we had some uh, rotation of receivers as well, so we're coming with a breadth of experience on the offense. And the only thing that I'm concerned about on the offensive side is that we have four linemen that has not played together as like one unit, right? Uh, some of them have started spot spotily in 2020 and 2021 last year, um, but other than that, we are bringing back pretty much everyone except for like the four guys in the O line. Yeah, I think the, the O-line is going to be these non-conference games will give us a good idea of like how we'll play in conference because this Big Ten is very line-of-scrimmage-centered um, 
conference in terms of if you don't have a good offensive line and you're going against a defensive line, like you're screwed. Like you got to be able to win the battle on both sides of the ball, whether it's protecting your quarterback or going after the quarterback. So um, I, I really don't know what to think. Yeah. I mean, so like for me, I'm not. Hmm, how does it? I'm not nearly as worried about the offensive line, and the reason being is a our best player is back. Two, everyone who's going to be starting on this O line is old. We old dude, okay. Whether we talk at JMS in the center, but then who's our left guard? Probably going to be Chuck Billyaga, six year dude, ancient man. The only one who's going to be young is Ariante Ursary, who's a third-year at the left tackle spot, and arguably he might be our best offensive lineman in years. He's giving Rashad Bateman, but make him a left tackle. Um, and then what? I don't even know who's going to be our right guard. When Carroll, maybe? Who is going to be our right guard? I have no idea. I am not sure. Um... Oh, Axel. Okay, this Axel is Rushmeyer. Uh, no, this is from uh, Daily Gopher. From what they've been seeing from their practices, mm-hmm. uh, Arianti Ursery at left tackle, Axel Rushmeyer left guard. Oh, excellent. JMS at okay. center, Chuck Filiaga yep. a right guard, and right Quinn Carroll yeah. from Notre Dame who transferred back to the U. Cool, great. One of us at right tackle. Cool, I'll take it. Right? Or even if it ends up being Martez Lewis. The point is, our O-line is old. And another thing that I always want to mention is that on our offensive line last year, which obviously was very experienced, but, like, I keep saying, who were the dudes on that O-line who were irreplaceable? Daniel Falele, Mount Falele, and John Michael Schmidt. That that's that's about it. And John Michael Schmidt is back. Like it could be arguable right now that Ariante Ursary might end up being an upgrade over Sam Schluter now. Um, so I just I'm not particularly worry too much about our offensive line because in a lot of ways I feel that our offensive line last year wasn't actually as good as people think it was like we were really good at being violent and running people over but the versatility wasn't really there um and it showed when the Illini could rush three and harass ten with six-man protection. So, that's my thoughts on the O-line. All right, all right. Uh, going up from there, I actually do want to mention Dana Falele is now protecting <laughs> Lamar Jackson's blindside. <laughs> right? Wait, what? I think he might be on the starting offensive line. That's crazy. I need to double check. I need to double check on that because I think Rashad. I think Rashad and Daniel might make the will will make the fifty three for Baltimore. Well, from everything I've heard, Rashad Bateman has been doing Rashad Bateman things in camp, mm-hmm. to which 
I'm so shocked. Oh my gosh. Who would have thought that Rashad Bateman was really good at football? What? That's crazy. And he won't use any of the talents because Lamar's going to run it for 200 yards a game. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> apparently, at camp, Rashad was pretty unguardable when Lamar was throwing to him because he's not as fast as Hollywood, but unlike Hollywood, he can run a full route tree and actually catch the ball. Not trying to be shaky. I don't know. All right, all right. So going on to the defense, um, so the names that come to mind for me, again, um, I've been so out of tra keeping track of football stuff. Uh, Mariano Sori Marin is back as the leader of the defense. Um, how was it? Is it Justin Wally or Wiley is back as uh, our, who was a true freshman cornerback who started for us last year, got that pick at the Wisconsin game. Uh, last year as well uh, is, seems to be blossoming pretty well into his sophomore season. So looking forward to seeing him on the field. Uh, am I forgetting oh, other key members? Tea time. Terrell Smith is still there in the backfield. Jordan Howden. Jordan Howden as well. Tyler Newbin. Tyler Newbin. Yeah, you don't forget about Newbin. No, no, no. He he, he was Purdue, the one. Purdue doesn't forget about Newman either. <laughs> Purdue can't forget about Newman. <laughs> but Thomas Rush, who quietly got five and a half sacks last year when no one was paying attention. Yep. Oh, gosh. I feel like he reminds me in a lot of ways of, like, Carter Coughlin. Like, not in, kind of in, like, his motor. Like, I don't think he's physically as skilled as a Boye Mafe, who is an absolute freakazoid. But, like, I think his motor is just, like, relentless. And watching how he is against a run is really Oh, yeah, and Breelan Oliver. I really want him to be healthy because he is probably the most terrifying linebacker. <laughs> When he is on, he is absolutely terrified, and I love that. I need more of that. And I will note as well, Joe Rossi is still the defensive coordinator, um, as well. So uh, shout out, shout out to the Bengals for losing the Super Bowl, so that we got to keep Joe Rossi as our because <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame was coming, man. I, I didn't want Joe Rossi to leave. That was that was sucked. Continue. But yeah, excited that Joe Rossi, essentially pretty much um, in terms of staff turnover as well. Is it, I, I, I might be blanking, but I think um, we fired or let go of Mike Sanford Jr. from OC mm -hmm. and brought Kirk back, who was the offensive quality control assistant with West Virginia, which was funny was because when we got the bowl game against West Virginia, Kirk was like, WTF? <laughs> So he had to sit out for that game for either side, but um, I think was it uh, Matt Simon OC the offense, and I'm like, can we just give the reins over to him? <laughs> but I digress. Um, and then uh, I think we and then our tight ends coach Clay Patterson left as well. Um, 
to another program. And I think we may have lost a defensive coach. I'm not sure who. Um, but by yeah, the I was, I'm pretty sure it was Chad Wilt we lost to Cincinnati. No, right? Chad Wilt. Chad Wilt is at Indiana. Oh. And I think Joe Harris Simiak is at Rutgers now. As a, as a DC. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so we got two of our defensive coordinators last year are now um, well, two of our uh, defense, defensive assistants are now DCs in the Big Ten and we're and playing one of them. So. And we That's promoted cool. Greg Harbaugh Jr., who was, I think, a quality control person with the Gophers, and he's taken over Clay Patterson's tight end coach. Does he happen to be related to Jim and John Harbaugh or no? He... Apparently no relation. Okay. Yeah. Got it, got it. All right, Um, but that is it. Anything else you guys want to touch on for game going to game one here against the Aggies? I mean, what else? I don't really know if there's much else to cover. You got the a good, the Gophers going against a high school team with a couple of experienced. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, did I say that out loud? Ouch! <laughs> Why are you doing Y'all, y'all say that like we didn't lose to Bowling Green last year. That's why I was trying to refrain from saying that because he lost to Bowling Green. <laughs> now the thing is, I think Bowling Green would beat this team by thirty. But <laughs> I'm like, we made fun of Scott Frost for doing that onside kick. Y'all remember when BJ Fleck went for it on fourth down on our twenty? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's all. I... But yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. So you guys want to get into predictions? Go for it. So um, for game one, uh, Wyatt has his note saying um, we're going to win 33 to 13 uh, on his optimist, optimist side. And I'm going to say 38 to 14. So I think um, the 14 is going to come from that PJ is going to put the second team defense or third team defense in an offense and that they're going to let New Mexico State score. But yeah, that's my prediction. I would, I kind of like Wyatt's prediction. I'm going to go with 30 to 10 because I just, obviously with knowing PJ, it's once you get a big enough lead, you kind of just want to run the ball and eat the clock uh, and take away possession time from the other team. And so the Aggies touchdown is probably going to come in like garbage time in the fourth quarter or maybe like the end of the third or something. And so I'll do 30 to 10. And because PJ doesn't really blow teams out. He just really doesn't do that. Maybe is is this game the exception with what happened? I don't think so, because he usually takes the high road. So I'm just going to say that it's going to be a nice 30 to 10, 20 point win. We control the ball. We control the clock. It's just another one of those classic games. I'm going to go with PJ's villain origin story and say we beat him 45 to 7. Uh, I Honestly, it's not even a, a villain origin story because I watched some of the highlights of the Nevada and New Mexico State game last night, and I saw 
how New Mexico State's D-line was getting absolutely murked. And I think about who we have in the backfield. And I imagine it won't particularly matter if PJ decides just to run the ball at them for the last two quarters because I don't think their front seven can do anything and i do want to caveat that even though we mentioned muhammad ibrahim as our starting running back who's six years already um trey mm-hmm. potts is returning from injury i forgot i mentioned and trey. Bri- bryce, and williams. bryce williams yep um and then behind them i think i i, I will say I, I i was disappointed when we lost um uh kai thomas kai thomas and uh bucky bucky Irving. Uh, to the portal, but we do have also some young guys behind them too that we know PJ and his staff will get up to speed to become Big Ten running backs. Preston Jellen, I mean, we've all seen clips of what he can do. He's another little bowling ball kind of person that he may not be big and tall, but he can churn his legs like Mo and run you over. And then just watching the spring game, being uh, Zach Evans and Bridget immediately being like, how did we get Zach Evans again? How did we get, oh, wait, he tore his ACL as a junior, so no one saw him his senior year. That's why we got him. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> the way I've watched him play, I remember watching that one-handed catch he did in the spring game, and I was like, Okay, sure, great. Yeah, so the moral of the story is I don't think they gonna. If y'all see Zach Evans, it's already too late. <laughs> it's already too late. And I actually want to put in um, Wyatt's notes uh, outside of so winning, obviously, 33 to 13, but he will also say it will be a factor with like the Jerry Kill Revenge Tour. Um, he says Aggies won't be winning. But bad blood does go both ways, and Minnesota will be hungry to make that man eat his words. <laughs> what? If he gonna be hungry to eat his words, why did he predict only thirty points? Because if PJ really wanted to be betting, because you say we he doesn't blow teams out, but like I remember some games last year. Like I remember that Maryland game. I remember that uh, Indiana game. I remember that Northwestern game. He ain't have no problem blowing them out, and he likes those people. He really loves Pat Fitzgerald, and he blew his team right out. <laughs> well, even the even, I mean, I guess he did, but there was even that one touchdown where it was like Northwestern just kind of gave up on the play because. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't blow the whistle, and so they're like, I guess I'll just keep running. So at that point, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's like, I'm more pissed at my defense than you can't blame a player for just trying to run the ball. So, so I mean, after his linebacker, after Jerry Kill's linebackers get hit about 15 times by Mo, and knowing Mo's track record, he going in at least one of them. One, one of them linebackers ain't going to make it. <laughs> like, he's gonna he's gonna put his shoulder down like that in that Georgia Tech bowl game to that one DB, oh, and he's oh. gonna end he's gonna end oh, for that game. 
I was like, that man had a family, and I don't know if he survived that game. <laughs> I've never heard of him since then. I'm pretty sure the funeral was right there. I think I heard his grandma was singing Amazing Grace in the background. <laughs> it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know that man. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm... The thing that gets me is if Aethan comes in, right? So, like, say we're up 30 to... 10 going into the fourth quarter. First off, whether it's Ethan, whether it be Cole Kramer, right? Um, I don't particularly know why we wouldn't at least try, um, you know, try some passes, just get them into rhythm. Ethan's never thrown a collegiate pass. So, yeah, just get them into rhythm. This is a team you can do it against. So, yeah, and I, I another quarterback too that I'd love to see if he can get a some playing time in this year. Jacob Newth from um, Harrisburg, South Dakota. He's finally like a dual threat quarterback that the Gophers could definitely benefit from. Um, I know with South Dakota highlights, he was very um, skittish in the pocket, but. I still think it would be nice to see. I mean, I guess Ethan is uh, more dual and Cole too, but uh, I'm glad that we're not just recruiting pocket passers all the time. So I'd be, I'm really excited to see these quarterbacks too. And like you said, if whether it's Ethan or Jacob or Cole, just just get the reps in against teams that you know you can build a solid lead against and um, do do what you want. I do. I just I just want to see what we have, honestly. And the only thing that I'm actually curious about, because I'm not actually worried about the offensive line. No, I'm honestly worried about the defensive line, particularly mm-hmm. the DT uh, DT spots. Like, I trust Trill. Um, but, like, from all accounts in camp, it seems that the defensive line has been playing – the most physical that it's ever been played to which I can't tell how real that is. And I kind of want to see it because we all remember the 2020 defensive line or lack thereof. So I, I definitely don't want that. All right. All right. So, uh, we just recap game one, uh, preview game one. So we'll uh, pr- recap it following the game this upcoming weekend. And also, uh, gentlemen, let's move on and preview the other games that go for staff for the rest of the season. So I'm going to go in chronological order here, uh, and then we'll go each game one by one. So game two and after for like our win and loss prediction. So no scores, okay? So um, game one, New Mexico State Aggies, two, Western Illinois. Three, Colorado. All three of those non-conference uh, tight, uh, games are at home for us. And then from there, we open uh, the Big Ten play with Michigan State at East Lansing. Following that, at home against Purdue. Then we have a bye week. After that, we are away for two weeks against Illinois and Penn State. Uh, at home against Nebraska. Away uh, at Nebraska. No, my bad. Uh, Rutgers at home and then Nebraska away 
Um, then last three games, Northwestern and Iowa at home. And then last game will be at Camp Randall against the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, so I'll be at that game. Hey. We'll come see you, Lorenz. Yes, please. <laughs> Bring beverages. I got you. And gopher gear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all righty. All right. So going to uh, pretty much all uh, four of us that wins for New Mexico State. So game two against Western Illinois, the Leathernecks. Um, Wyatt is saying a dub. I'm saying a dub. How about you two? Oh, dub uh, for Western Illinois. I've been to their campus a few times. It's ugly. <laughs> so that's a dub. Alrighty. Next up, game three at home against uh, Colorado. Dub. That Mike Sanford offense, who's ready for it? <laughs> I can't wait for them to run the ball 63 times. <laughs> and, and, do, and, and do long developing receiving plays. I can't wait for them to do seven man protection with like two men in the rack. I can't wait. Yeah, no. All right, next. Uh, at Michigan State, uh, I think they're currently ranked in the preseason poll. Um, Why and I both said L's. <laughs> God, I really want to say dub, but Mel Tucker's <laughs> a dog. Like, he's got that dog in him, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, let's take the let's take an L. I'm I'm, ha- I'm I'm happy to be wrong and that we pulled out the the dub off our asses, but like I get the L like I'm, from what I've been seeing preseason wise. <laughs> yeah, I've been paying attention preseason wise, and I'm gonna take a dub. Ooh. I- like, I started to like look at Michigan State last year, and I was like, "How the heck did they end up eleven and two? Because they should have lost to Indiana. If Scott Frost wasn't the coach at Nebraska, they would have lost to Nebraska. If all of Penn State wasn't injured, they would have lost to Penn State. <laughs> and if yo, and if what's it called?" If Michigan doesn't stop being stupid, they lose to Michigan. So, like, I'm out here and I'm like, I think they were a 7-5 and five team that was buoyed by Kenneth Walker. True. I, I think that without Kenneth Walker, and they also lost three offensive linemen from an offensive line that wasn't that good, honestly. And they had the 110th ranked defense last year, and they still won 11 games. Like, for me, I just don't. I don't think they have the depth to sustain what they did last year without a generational. Basically, I think they're a Penn State without Saquon. Are. We able to change our answers, like right before the game, or are we locked in? Oh, this is locked in. <laughs> All right, I'll take. I'll tell. I'll just take the L for now, then. Okay. All right. Next up, um, next is 
at home against Purdue. Why dub. didn't I say dub? Okay. <laughs> Tyler Newman got the number. Look, I, look, I say dub. 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 Get this money. It's it's that Newman, the Newman factor. <laughs> it's that Newman. It's that yo, Jeff Ron. You know you can run an inside zone play every now and then. You can do that. It's not illegal to run the ball. Like the sky isn't gonna fall if you run the damn ball, Jeff. Anyway. Another 60-yard touchdown by Crab. You know, we can just go on and on. <laughs> you know, Taylor Wright didn't even play last year against Purdue. So, um, RIP corners, uh, many blessings. So uh, I'm just excited to see uh, Purdue's DC just get just blow up on camera again. <laughs> Uh, I think that would be hilarious. It's great television. All righty. So next up, bye week instead of, right? Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we're at Champagne against the Illini. Why and I said dubs? There's got to be a game every year <laughs> where you just think, <laughs> who's <laughs> What do y'all say? <laughs> I'm scared, but I'm going to say dub. <laughs> I really want to say an L because Burt has never lost to Minnesota ever at Wisconsin, Illinois. He's never lost. They're like, they have the either the worst or second worst returning production in the conference. But they got dogs in the backfield. Chase Brown, that man averaged like 11 yards a carry against Wyoming. They were just like, in fact, I think he is the only running back that ran for 100 yards against our defense last year. The number three ranked defense eating us up. But it is after about, nah, yeah, Illinois beating us. I'll take a L. Okay. Alrighty, and then we are at Happy Valley against um, Penn State. Um, both Y and I set L's, but I I will say uh, I'm in my notes here. Um, I could see us pulling the dub, assuming it's not a whiteout. But it it is a whiteout. Oh shit! Okay, never mind. <laughs> I, I assume think we all take often- L's. I think often about that Clay's year when we played at Penn State. What? <laughs> and I really, really just want to say L, but you know what? Oh. <laughs> Let's just throw a dub in there. All right. I'd say we by 20. Next. <laughs> Rutgers. Why did I say dubs? Dub Nation. Dub Nation. Next, at Nebraska. Is Scott Frost fired by now? <laughs> His buyout. Wait, say again? His uh, buyout is only like $7 million after October 1st. 
And I think we play them in November. So. Yes, it's uh, no, the first game of November, November 5th. <laughs> Let's go, Dub. Why didn't I say Dub? I was going to say an L, and then I saw their defensive line get absolutely violated yesterday, and I said, Mo Ibrahim is going to absolutely. All right, uh, we're at home against Northwestern. Why? And I said dubs, but I will say I, it's a coin toss for me in this game because they're, Northwestern could play. So <laughs> Northwestern's defense in the game against Nebraska did not impress me like normal Northwestern you'd expect from a Northwestern defense. Um, they still have... Helsinki at QB. They're not. There's no standout QBs there. I'm just. I'm gonna trust our defense here and go with a, with a dub. See, the thing is, I think how everyone hyped up our offensive line last year is really supposed to be Northwestern's offensive line this year, because I watched that offensive line and I don't care who they were playing. That quarterback could have done his taxes back there. That quarterback could have played the Rouser back there. Like, I, I think we're going to win just because their secondary is Swiss cheese. Now, let's, let's, let's not disrespect, you know, Northwestern's, um, what was it, Evan Hall, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he's a Minnesota native, right? I think so. Uh, I, be I believe so, yeah. And I just think he's going to be one of those running backs this year in the Big Ten where there's if there's one game this year where a running back puts up over 100 yards, it's against us, no question. I mean, you got. I want to give credit to the man. I've always said Pat Fitzgerald is literally the only coach in the Big Ten that I would trade B.J. Flood for. Like, <laughs> I would take Coach Fitz. Like Evan Hall, that. Evan Hall, Maple Grove, Minnesota. Yep, yep. he's a city boy. Uh, I claim Minnesota residency, so. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Lorenz, what are you giving this final result? For I think it's game? a dub. Okay. I think it'll be a dub. It'll just be one of those dubs that we're sitting there the entire game going like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next up, um, Iowa. Why it's I said dub? Like... I said dub. I think this is the. I don't know why I have this feeling, but I think this is the year that I think PJ finally gets out of the hump. Like he's been losing straight to like Kirk Ferentz for many games, <laughs> many years, and I think this might be the year. Kind of like how Jim Harbaugh with Ohio State, but that's just me. <laughs> I feel like I don't. What's how many L's do I have on my screen right now, you Jason? Have, just you, ha one. you have one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna let, let's take the elves. All right. There's no way we. There's no way I can go. Eleven and one on this. What? Well, that's a preview of the next game. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm going. I'm. Uh, where am I at? How many elves do I have? You're two elves. You know what? Actually. I, I think we're going to take this one. We will lose the bail, but we will get the pig. And I think that is a fair trade. I want that bacon. 
I want some bacon. I'm hungry. All right. Lastly, uh, at Camp Randall against the Wisconsin Badgers, um, Wyatt said L. I said Dub. Look, Grant Mertz, he on his same shit. <laughs> we going Dub. <laughs> <laughs> we still winning. I don't care. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think we're gonna lose. I think we're gonna lose badly. Um, I can't. I can't imagine Wisconsin's offense being as horrible as it was. Actually, no, no, screw that. We're winning. We're winning. I I let the Madison juices get in me. We gonna win by ten. Go go Bulls. I was scared where you were going with that, Laron. So I'm not gonna lie. I'm sitting here like, oh, I was, I was like, you know the the you know my blood alcohol content literally got raised just by walking, just by being on campus. <laughs> so like, it's not where it needs to be. So yeah, All we right. win. So here's our overall records then, uh, Laurens. You're saying we go ten and two. The two L's again are the Illini Ooh. and Penn State. Um, Wyatt says uh, nine and three. The L's being Michigan State, Penn State, and Wisconsin. All of them are away games. I do want to note. For me, I said ten and two. Um, the two L's being Michigan State and Penn State. Griff, you're uh, ten and two. Losses are Michigan State and Iowa. But I I do want to caveat. So uh, so Wyatt and I we're giving that's our like that's our optimistic view. But I uh, so why I said we we can easily uh, his alternative record is we could easily go six and six. I said we can oh, easily go. Wow. I can I said we can easily go eight and four. Um. So you guys want to give an alternative? Like if you, you had to be very pessimistic and like if we actually don't perform like we should as a team. Like barring like hella like, injuries. Not, like not like last year's injuries and players missing, oh, right? Yeah. So like assuming we just play bad and it's not like injuries, I would say seven and five. That's what I was thinking too. I just changed some like yep, seven and five. All right, all right. Cool, cool. So that's our preseason predictions and uh, short discussion. So next up for our last segment for the podcast, we'll go into some hot takes. Um, any hot takes, gentlemen? Lorenzo, you, you you look like you got something to say. You gotta, you guys gotta let it out. <laughs> you go first, Griffin. <sighs> no. <laughs> then you go, Jason. I don't. I don't know if it's a hot take, but um. I think Frost will get fired before. That's that ain't hot. <laughs> That's that, that is that is that is the most lukewarm take. <laughs> that is like that is honestly. You know, no, I'll change that. Jeff Brom is going to get fired from Purdue. I see. Hmm. <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? Why? <laughs> I. I will say this. So he only had one season of going to a bowl game, right? So being bowl eligible. No. Or was that two? No, his first season he went to a bowl game. 
His second season, he went to a bowl game. He didn't go to a bowl game his third season. Last year, he, he only had one season where he missed a bowl game. Was it? I thought there was more, but go ahead. No. The reason to say – Oh, wait, two. Yeah, there were two. I will – Because one of them was – The reason I say like, – I, I, I didn't say when. I'll, I'll say he's, he's going to get fired. I think Purdue is going to review everything. Be like, hey, you got – the Illinois who got Brett Bielema improving PJ and the Gophers are improving the Wisconsin Iowa will always be Wisconsin and Iowa and then uh, Northwestern is being Northwestern so I think Purdue may take that as a hint and then find a, a, a new and younger coach in that time span so I think he gets fired or terminated or doesn't renew a contract and then yeah like he just got a first round draft pick. They won nine games last year, beat the dog crap out of Iowa and Michigan State in the same year. Like, and honestly, if you look up Purdue's schedule, if you look up Purdue's schedule, if I were a Purdue fan, I would say there ain't no reason we can't go eleven and one. You want me if to, you look up, you want me to cap yeah, their game one this Thursday against Penn State at home. Yep, at night they can beat them. Uh, Indiana State Sycamores. <laughs> Shout out, Harry. Nine. That's two wins. Oh, is that right? Yep. Huh? Put him anyway. Two dubs. Syracuse. Three dubs. FAU. Four dubs. Us. If if for some reason Tyler Newbin gets hurt, five dubs. Maryland. Six dubs. Actually, no, I think they might lose that because I actually like Tally. Continue. Nebraska. Six dubs. Wisconsin. That's a loss. Iowa. Seven dubs. The Illini. Eight dubs. Northwestern. Nine dubs. Indiana. Going to blow them out. So, like, there's no reason just looking at the schedule that they can't go 10-2. Like, I would fire, if they don't make a bowl game with that schedule, I would consent. But I'm looking at, if Minnesota had that schedule, I would say we're going 12-0. Hmm. Because there's no game on that get on that schedule that I say like Purdue cannot win. No, you're right. But again, it's a hot take, and I just I'm just spitballing here. That's fair. <laughs> Y'all got anything? My hot take. I think. If there's going to be a year that Kansas State makes a conference game, it's this year. Oh, Nebraska fans would be in hell. And here's why. Adrian Martinez is not the passer that Skylar Thompson was. But Adrian Martinez has Deuce Vaughn who is an absolute menace and you have a solid receiving core that uh, Adrian Martinez can throw to 
you know, they're, they didn't get blown out in any of their lot, like five losses. I think they had last year. They like, got like a top 10 O-line in the country this year too. And I'm sitting there thinking Kleinman knows how to fill his gaps. He, here's their schedule. So they open. I, I think I think they're gonna go to the Big Twelve game this they, year. They open against South Dakota, then it's Missouri, Tulane, Oklahoma, Duh. Texas Tech. At home? Wait, at home? Uh, Oklahoma's still trying to find themselves Oklahoma, along with Texas. O- Oklahoma at at Oklahoma. <clears throat> Probably an L, but we gonna see. Uh, at home against Texas Tech. Duh. Away for Iowa State. Dub, I don't trust Matt Campbell. Away for TCU. Dub, they lost Zach Evans. They lost Zach Evans. And Gary Patterson is no longer the head coach there, too. Yeah, he's at Texas now, which... Uh, At home against number 12, Oklahoma State. Then at home against Texas after that. I don't know. One of those dubs. And then uh, they could win both. They could win both. <laughs> uh, next is Baylor at Baylor. No. Away at West Virginia. That don't think or dub, yeah. And then at home against their further final against Kansas. No. <laughs> see, you know what I'm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see it. This this could be a good year. It could be, which actually leads to my hot take. I love it. That Chris Kleiman is the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers in 2023. Chris Kleiman is going to be the head coach of Nebraska. Uh, How do I spell his name? I don't know. I know his last name starts with a K. I think it's K L E I M A N or E I N M A N. Is that NESU's football coach? No, well, he used to be, uh, but he's uh, right now he's Kansas State's uh, coach. K L I M A N. I just think that because the deuce who's going to be loose is going to the NFL this year. Um, Adrian Martinez will be graduating. His crazy left tackle who's going to be in the first round is going to be in the first round. That edge rusher that they had last year who had like 11 stacks, he's going to be gone. I just feel like with the Big 12 being a sinking ship and Scott Frost being a fraud uh I feel like Chris Kleiman is going to be the coach of Nebraska next year, and that is the second most terrifying outcome I think I can think of. The single most terrifying outcome is like Pat Fitzgerald's like, eh, screw it, I'm going to Nebraska. Then I would be like, well, our new overlords are the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, that's my take. What about you, Jason? Oh, my hot was the Jeff Fromm one. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Did Wyatt have a hot take? Uh, nope. Not that. 
I see on the notes section. But I think that's pretty much I, it. I think we I love that we were episode. both thinking about Kansas State, Lawrence. I love that we were on that. <laughs> oh, fun fact. So, like, when I was uh, at K-State getting this here Masters, I went to this barbershop called New Kingdom Barber Ministries, amen. Um, and guess who was also a client? One Adrian Martinez. Hey. <laughs> to which I seen him and I was like, damn. You look like you about to throw for 3,000 yards and rush for 1,200 yards. I feel like Adrian Martinez might be like almost in the Heisman conversation and Nebraska fans are going to be in hell. And I love every minute of it. Yeah, because I remember seeing Adrian Martinez when I was in Lincoln at a bar and I'm like, yep, that's not, that looks about right. So there's the K-State Adrian Martinez and there's a Nebraska Adrian Martinez. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh! Oh! Because people are like, oh, gosh, he's not a good passer. And I'm like, I don't know if you saw him running for his life all game, every game, all the time, um, with three-man pressures based off of that absolute trash fire of an offensive line. But I'm like... Do you know what would happen if you gave him a competent running back or and a competent staff. and a competent offensive line? And now he's getting an elite running back, an elite offensive line, and a very good two elite coaching staff. And I'm like, oh, is it going to be Adrian Martinez's fault? I'm sorry. Hey, I saw their new quarterback who was supposed to save the day throw two interceptions yesterday. Was that Adrian's fault, too? <laughs> sorry. I really hate Nebraska fish. I saw some of their tweets last night, and I was like, oh, my God. I can't handle this right now. <laughs> oh, it was the best thing ever. I love it. The, their fans were in hell, and I was like, yes. They were in hell, but a lot of them had free beer. <laughs> hey. Hey. Fair point, fair point. Even if they're it going was... through it, at least they were drunk. <laughs> hey. I want to know if I want to know if uh, Nebraska, if their AD made uh, Scott Frost take Spirit Airlines home. He's going to be sailing the sea and hopes he finds America in 14, 9 to 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going to try to escape. He's going to try to find a spice free to India to try to escape. And he's going to end up right back in Lincoln, Nebraska. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> he's like, I should have stayed in Stanford in 94. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm a horrible person. All right, all right. Well, that wraps our 47th episode for OPA Podcast. So, everyone, thank you for joining us for a preview of Game One against New Mexico State and our preseason previews as well. Uh, but we'll see you uh, in the coming days after Game One. But uh, if you're going to be at Game One, I might be going. I'm not sure about Griffin. Um, I'll. Depends if I, I can. Uh, I, I still work, so <laughs> I, I, I now, now I know why people don't like Thursday night games because 
you work on Friday still. So um, I'll try to make it work. If not, I'll for sure be watching it from YouTube TV on my uh, fancy computer. I think I'm going, but it's not confirmed yet. I'll be studying. It doesn't have to be like that, Laurence. <laughs> Just kidding. It, it exactly like that. It is. It is going to be exactly like that. So I'm going to be white. I'm just going to be sending y'all notes. <laughs> really, it's going to be dissertations, but close enough. No, you're right. All right. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening or watching the podcast today, and we'll see y'all next time. And again, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O, along with Griffin Most, Ron's Guider. And we'll see y'all next time. Oh, oh.